0: MJF does nothing for him, anyone that says he's a great deal is fucking delusional and just wants to be accepted in this new age of pro wrestling fans, I hope, honestly, I hope Moxie beats him in 10 seconds, if he does not and they let this match go 15 minutes and MJF, who sucks at wrestling and Moxie's going to have to carry him through this whole match and wow, it's just going to be bad.
1: Charlotte Flair does not have to be involved in the first of everything or the major angle of everything involving the women in your company. Now you expect me to believe that she's going to win the Royal Rumble and go down to NXT and, what, help make Rhea Ripley a star? She's probably going to end up beating Rhea Ripley and going down to NXT and, I don't want to say ruin a perfectly good women's division, but kind of hold things up down there. She was forced into the main event of last year's WrestleMania. She's involved in the first of everything when it comes to the women. Give it a rest for a little bit.
2: And sure enough, Old Bird wins the Universal title. And I'm like, I can't believe they actually did this stupid mistake again. We don't need a 53-year-old man with a barbed wire tattoo who was revelant about 20-something years ago in a title match at the biggest pay-per-view of the year. I'm getting tired of part-timers walking into WrestleMania with the title. The Rock, a couple years ago, Lesnar seems to be doing it every year where he walks in the title and drops it. Why can't we have two full-time guys wrestle for the fucking title? I mean, how hard is that?
1: Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin T. Joined this week by my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Steven Vincent. A lot to talk about this week since we last recorded this show. Um, Since we last recorded this show last week, we've had a lot of crazy stuff going on in AEW and WWE. I think it's only appropriate to start in AEW where... Last week, before we recorded, all of a sudden, they decide to go ahead and announce that uh, this past week on Dynamite, they were doing John Moxley versus CM Punk uh, for the to unify the championships. And we all kind of had the same reaction, like, well, shit, this is weird. Like, why are they doing this all of a sudden on Dynamite? And then they go ahead and do it on Dynamite, and we get a... John Moxley, for all intents and purposes, a John Moxley squash. He comes out, you know, Punk, you know, sells the injury to the foot, and Moxley pretty much beats his ass in about, I think, like five minutes, if that. And you know, they sell the story that Punk came back too early from injury, and Moxley is now the undisputed AEW champion. Which, I mean, good for Moxley. It makes him look like the guy in the company. But boy, when I saw that, it's just like what the hell is going on with this kind of booking this just comes off as very weird and now we don't have any main event uh, a week out of all out it's just like what the hell is going on here so i'll throw it to you chairman first just start like when you first heard the reaction and then you saw what happened on aew like what was what was your thoughts
2: so let's go back to wednesday night i was out with my friends for a little bit i keep home about 8 30 thinking okay Main event will probably be Punk and Moxley, right? No, they say the main event is Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and How's the Open or whatever. So I'm like, okay, whatever. They had the match first. So I just go backwards. You know, I go to the start of the show and it's not the first match. And I'm like, where the hell is this match at? And I, I was half asleep, so I was dozing off. So I rewatched it uh, Thursday morning and the match was in the middle of the show, kind of the top of the hour. I'm like, Kind of a weird placement for a world title match. All right, whatever. We're all with it. And then it was over before you freaking knew it. It was a little squash. It was like, holy shit. This was not what I was expecting. So my instant reaction is, okay, Punk is obviously not 100%. He's definitely not doing the pay-per-view now. So they obviously wanted to save the pay-per-view for a more marquee match, you know, for Moxley. So I'm like, okay, someone's going to come out or someone's going to confront Moxley in the back. And I go through all the dynamite and nothing happens. As of right now, we know nothing for All Out. There's dirt sheets saying that they're going to do a rematch. And I'm like, don't do the freaking rematch at All Out. I do not want to see this again because this is very Vince WWE rematch, 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 match before the pay-per-view. Don't, don't do that. Like, Heyman Page is obviously the number one guy on the rankings that they've updated in two weeks. So you figure he might be the next guy in line. He was a former champion earlier this year. I don't know what they're going to do, but AEW in general is a complete dumpster fire mess. We'll talk about it all throughout the show. But, um, yeah, this, 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 I have no idea what's going on here. And then, of course, there's all those rumors about Punk's attitude. So I don't know what to think right now. But the squash, I, I mean, good for Moxley. He's the only one that benefits here. But uh, I'd be really curious to see what they're going to do for all out.
1: Yeah, before they announced this match, there were rumors that Punk was has been upset with some of the stuff going on backstage. And it seems like there really is some kind of like a original AEW versus WWE transplants coming in as far as like a backstage kind of thing. And of course, you know, people were rumored to be mad at Punk that he got Colt Cabana pretty much put in Ring of Honor and not on AEW TV anymore. It's all yeah, it's just a mess. And like you said, with the rematch, what makes me think if they do the rematch between Moxley and Punk that, you know, Oh, all of a sudden, you know, if Punk was too injured to come back last week, he's going to be good in 10 days to fight again at the pay-per-view. Like, that makes no sense. Like, nobody would come back. If he was that injured that he couldn't fight 10 days ago, he's not going to magically heal to the point that he's good in 10 days. And I've some some people suggest, well, it could be the start of a Punk heel turn and maybe MJF comes back and helps him. It's like, no. Like, there should be zero reason for any kind of rematch taking place at All Out given what happened on dynamite this past wednesday like punk should shoot back to the bottom he shouldn't be anywhere near an all-out main event and of course it's, he's going to be on it gets in chicago so he's going to be on tv he's going to be on the show in some form but a punk moxley rematch just doesn't really sell and i don't care if aew gets the benefit of the doubt because they've been in the good graces or don't they've been doing a lot of stuff wrong and we've been pointing it out on the show but some people are just like you know so oh my god aew is the greatest thing ever that they don't like go out there and kind of look at some of the small flaws they've been doing and how they've been building up. Um, what about you, Cameron, your thoughts on this whole punk Moxley world title situation?
0: Um. Well, before we start, do we consider all out AEW's WrestleMania? I mean, I, 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 th- I, would.
1: I would, I think I put it ahead of double or nothing. I think I would.
0: Yeah. I think double or nothing is kind of like their, their Royal rumble, their, their second pay-per-view. So we're two weeks away from arguably their most important pay-per-view of the year. We don't have a main event. Um, I stepped away from my TV for like two seconds on Wednesday to grab my daughter or something, and all I heard was a bell ring and John Moxley being the champion. I'm like, wait, what the hell? And I, you know, uh, rewinded and watched the match, and for all intents and purposes, I don't know what the point of all of that was. Moxley um, comes out looking like a badass sure. Uh, but he beat an injured CM Punk who's like, what, eight, nine years older than John Moxley, at least five years older than John Moxley. Um, it was just a very weird situation. And then with all the dirt sheet stuff flying around, you never know if, if AEW's leaking in on purpose just so they can, you know, they can be like the work shoot um, company with the MJF stuff. And they've, they've done a few different things where it's like, okay, is it a work? Is it a shoot? What are they really doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, my best guess would be a triple threat match. I mean, put Hangman Page in there, and then, you know, Punk can be in the match. Or maybe Punk won't be in the match, and then he can come out and be pissed off that he wasn't included. I don't even know. And usually when we talk about plenty of times where we're like, okay, when you don't know what's going to happen, typically that could be a good thing. In this situation, I just don't know what to believe, and it feels like – AEW's kind of like burning from within. I mean, ever since MJF got off TV, they've been downhill in my opinion. Nothing they've done is like, okay, this is great. I'm liking where they're going with this angle or that angle. Um, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I, my best guess would be a triple threat or just have hangman versus, versus Moxley. And then punk can come out and be pissed off. I mean, I don't really know. Um, Cause if he's legit injured, which I don't think he is. Cause I don't think he would get out there and wrestle if his foot was still bad. Um, so if this is just like a work to Punk to be like kind of like a slimy hill at that point, because, I mean, that that's like what slimy hills do, you know, blame his foot and blame whatever, which can work for, for CM Punk. But I mean, I am just really down on the AEW product and with all the rumors about backstage stuff that we'll talk about, it just seems like they're just trending in a wrong direction, especially two weeks away from their biggest show.
1: Yeah, so apparently Tony Khan had a backstage meeting with everybody and tried to rally the troops and be all positive, and they had, like, you know, the Bucks speak there, and Kenny Omega speak to pretty much all the AW originals. It's kind of funny that all this stuff like this is starting to break down after Cody left the company, as when we started hearing rumors about, like, discontent backstage so hey maybe Cody was a guy actually holding stuff together better than people realize uh but there's a lot of stuff like we've said going on backstage so besides all this drama with Punk and Moxley there's also what's apparently a fight backstage between Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston after a promo Sammy did where Sammy called uh Eddie Kingston a a fat piece of shit and Eddie didn't like that because he felt like it was like, you know, okay, well, what's the point then if this happens? Like, you know, you're calling me a fat piece of shit and if you win, I'm just that. I'm like, okay, well, like Vader in 1998 when he called himself a fat piece of shit. Uh, So then Eddie Kingston got into a fight and pie faced Sammy Guevara and punched him and then they suspended. So Tony Khan suspended him for two weeks and to Eddie Kingston's credit, he manned up to it and said, you know, yeah, I was out of line. It's my fault. You know, I took my suspension and dealt with it. So. There was that. And then there's also rumors of Thunder Rosa and her backstage heat with people to to the point where some people thought that the injury that she claimed she had that uh was to relinquish the AEW women's title the other night on Dynamite was not an actual real injury, but it's been confirmed by a couple different outlets since then that the injury is real. Um so she had to surrender the title and now we have a fatal four way women's match at all out, which is um Dr. Britt Baker, Tony Storm, Jamie Hader, and, uh, Hikaru Shida. So again, what's the point of rankings if we're just going to throw the four women out there, but there were reports that Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa hate each other, that they can't get They don't get along, but they get along to the point where they're professionals. So almost like, you know, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart in 1997, where they can get along to the point and be cooperative with each other. But otherwise they hate each other. Um, yeah, again, just more of a mess in AEW, which led to the backstage meeting, which took place a yeah, dynamite apparently to try to rally the troops. And it's so funny how the second that meeting over, you just saw a bunch of wrestling people tweeting stuff about stuff, and it's like, all right, well, obviously the AEW people just you know want to tweet, tell everybody everything, and it's like. I have my own problem with how people are handling the AEW stuff anyway, and if it's to the point where AEW is trying to actually work journalists like this, you know, the A, the quote-unquote journalist should be mad about it, and B, if you're trying to get interest in your product by trying to get people to determine if backstage stuff is a work or a shoot, it just doesn't work. But... There's a lot going on backstage in AEW, and it's not really helping things overall. And it's taking away from some like small glimmers of good stuff, like the Brian Danielson uh, Daniel Garcia match from a couple weeks ago, which was great. I mean, the main event uh, this past Monday, the trios match, I thought was a little too flippy do choreographed, but it was still good. But like we've been saying, it just seems like. Tony Khan might be a little bit over his head right now He sees Fulham starting off good in the Premier League And he, all of a sudden he's like, oh crap, that's right I can't just care about Fulham, I gotta worry about what's going on with AEW too But, I mean, just your opinions, Chairman On some of the stuff that we've heard going on backstage in AEW
2: Well, not to mention that apparently Tony Khan sent a tampering thing To Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon of that whole situation Because apparently they're talking to talents and blah 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 so, I don't know what to think anymore. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll die on this hill. AEW has gone downhill since Cody left. I mean, I think he was kind of the glue. He was the behind-the-scenes guy. And, you know, big respect for him for, you know, during his tenure there, not getting involved in a world championship feud after he said he would no longer pursue it. He lost that match early in AEW, and he stuck to his word. And, obviously, he left. And they're struggling. It's, it's just, I think the tony khan's checkbook just wrote two medium checks out he's taken on ring of honor and i mean i think now with triple h obviously the helm of wwe there's a lot of people i think in AEW right now that are probably regretting you know staying or signing long-term deals right now it's just like you got guys like claudio castanoli he's like wins the ring of honor championship and he's a blip he's barely on he's like on rampage or You know they bring in uh, Samoa Joe, who's only had a handful of matches, injured. I don't know. And then it's like they just keep bringing people in. You know they're bringing in the motor machine guns for a match, but you can't get half your own talent you already have on your your roster. On it's just it's a mess. But yeah, Sammy and Eddie, that thing's a mess. Um, Disco, of course, has to chime in. The douchebag that he is, trying to stay relevant. He's about as bad as uh, Bischoff and vince so far as like old man's yelling at cloud and it's just like that match was supposed to happen all out that match was taken away so sucks for both of them guys because i'm sure that would have been a good match personal feud but a little too personal now uh the women's thing is a mess um thunder rosa should have dropped the title to tony storm when they had that match a while ago and who apparently, apparently you believe tony storm was gonna win it all out but now like now you're throwing Britt Baker in, which is fine because she's obviously a former champion. Jamie Hayter's obviously being featured quite a bit, but Sheeta. Okay, I get that Sheeta's a former champion, but they haven't used Sheeta on Dynamite or Rampage since like April when she lost to Serena Deeb. And Serena Deeb, by the way, former contender you know, a few months ago, she's off the grid, haven't seen her since. Like, their women's division is such a cluster of shit mess, like, other than like the handful of the top people. And Jay Cargill has been like TBS champion forever. Like, Interim champion. Well, maybe she should be the women's heavy. I, I don't even know. It's it's a shit show over there of the women's division. Um I I don't even know what to think. I mean, I think AEW, they'll be lucky to survive uh the the rate right they're going right now, unfortunately. It's like I want to see them succeed, and they were doing great, you know, for the first you know, couple years. But ever since like Cody left and then Triple H taking power in WWE, I think Tony is under the pressure and he can't handle it and He's React booking, and he's got too much talent, doesn't know how to use it all, and people are getting frustrated, and it's going to implode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen reports that people have said that, like, you know, the women's division hasn't really, you know, taken off. And when Dr. Britt Baker was champion, they would, you know, people that was interested in the ratings were higher, and now, like, after that, it hasn't. It's like, well, it's like that because – you haven't figured out how to book anybody else in your women's division to come off as big of a star as Dr. Britt Baker. Now I, had, I have my problems with Jay Cargill, but to AEW's credit, she's also somebody that they've booked like a star and it's like, okay, you book two women like this. And for some reason you can't figure out how to gain or build up any other women in your division to come to reach their level. And that's why you have to keep going back to those two on TV when instead you could you know, be trying to build up Tony Storm, like the way they've booked Tony Storm has just been so questionable, and I don't know why they have been trying to treat her as a bigger deal, but she's somebody right there that should be your champion. Like Chairman said, she was rumors where she was supposed to win it all out, but who knows what they're going to do now. If they go back to like the Dr. Britt Baker, well, where it's like, okay, well we can't figure out how to do the book. This woman's division. Let's put the title back on her, which would make no sense because you're kind of just back to square one then rather than trying to build up a new champion. And their problem has been that when somebody else like Thunder Rosa wins the title, they didn't know what to do with her. So it's just kind of like, what are you guys doing here? Um, what are your thoughts on all this Cam?
0: Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll start with the women since you finished off with them. I mean, they haven't booked women properly since the inception of AEW. Kenny, I don't know if if Kenny Omega is still in charge of, of the women's division, but I mean, we all know what they did at the beginning. He tried to get over some Japanese women that, you know, some of them stuck, you know, but for the most part, you know, it didn't work out. They brought in ex WWE talent. You know, Ruby Soho is just chilling there. Um, Tony Khan just doesn't need doesn't know how to book the women's division properly. I mean, I talked about a few weeks ago where they they need agents. They need a couple of people to help this guy book the show, not just the wrestlers and fucking selves. Like, he shouldn't be going to Kenny and the Bucks and be like, what should you guys do? Because all due respect to Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, love them all. Yeah, but Kenny Omega comes from no television background, basically. I mean, New Japan, but that's a completely different ballgame than American wrestling. The Bucks come from ring of honor television you know so they don't know how to really produce a great show or how to, And they probably never thought about how to book other people i mean i'm sure maybe they have but how do i book other people to, you know how do they want themselves presented so that's the problem there tony Khan needs a couple of right-hand men he should just have samoa joe retire and help him book he should i assume goes to regal for some ideas get regal dismantle the black blackpool combat club first of all um I get it. But at some point, we need fucking Claudio to turn on Brian. We need Claudio to turn on Moxley. Um, we need someone to turn on somebody, you know, because it's too many star-powered guys just hanging out with each other, and eventually someone's going to want that world title from him. Um, but back to what um, of the, the Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara thing, I mean, they turn everything into a work shoot. Just turn that into. Let these guys wrestle it all out. It makes no sense. Just do a blood feud. First blood match. Street fight, whatever you want to do and just let these guys go at it like Eddie Kingston, I think has been booked terribly and Chairman, you'll point out about you know, Tony Khan just signed a lot of guys and thought it was like football kind of He was like if I just sign a bunch of talent and they'll take care of the rest It's like no dude like you, you got to lead the way and I mean, we've talked about Miro plenty of times what he's doing I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just not really doing a whole bunch of nothing um yeah, and now with Triple H in charge over there, there's probably some guys, I mean, FTR, they're on the show sometimes. It's like there's so many people, and they need to either expand Rampage to two hours or figure out a way to get dark on television, too. Like, something needs to be done so we can have some more feuds that matter. And, I mean, you got Jericho subtweeting about tampering, like, you know, wink, you know, tongue-in-cheek type of situation where, yeah, Triple H is inquired to see if I want to come back or how long's my deal. Because you got to figure Jericho is one of the first guys. So, you know, they probably signed, let's assume, somewhere between two- and four-year deals. So Jericho's deal's got to be coming up soon. I mean, that would be huge if you got Chris Jericho back with the Triple H-led WWE. I mean, Jericho will go over there and put over all – all the young and up and coming talent. I mean, you could put him in a fucking. He can make a parody stable of AEW and have a stable with like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn or something. Um, I mean, AEW just has a lot of problems and it kind of reminds me of a blend of TNA, where they have a whole bunch of money and you got someone who just doesn't know what they're doing, and old WCW where they're letting the talent have way too much control. They're they're if you're having a talent meeting or whatever, if you're the if you're the guy, yeah, you can let some people speak, but don't. I don't know. I just don't like it. And they already have so many polls with everybody talking. AEW is just not in a good spot right now. And Tony Khan, I don't know, needs to figure it out. I think he just honestly really needs to hire, fuck, hire Vince to be a consultant on how to book and manage talent. <laughs>
1: Hey, yeah, man. Vince is out partying with John Cena and Brock Lesnar and Pat McAfee, as we saw. If you saw the photos from TMZ the other night for his 77th birthday, and so he's still out there going strong that late in the night. So good for him. Yeah. Hey, yeah, give him a call. Hey, hey, pal, how's it going? What's up? Um, you know, so yeah, like you said, the tampering stuff is just like, give me a break. Like you said, like oh, we send an email to Nick Khan and Stephanie. Man, I'm sure it's Nick Khan and Stephanie. McMahon. that email probably went right to their like junk email. They're like, oh, somebody from it's like somebody from blah 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 at aew.com or you know at aew. It's like, oh, I don't even care about this, and they just threw like. Pretty much, I mean, when Jeff Hardy was a free agent, they pretty much admitted that during his 90-day no-compete, he was already talking with AEW anyway. So it's like, don't tell me that AEW wasn't also at the same time doing some kind of tampering stuff or like when Adam Cole's contract was running up and they were talking. So it's like, cry me a river about that. But like you know, Cam said, like we had all out coming up, which like we all pretty much agree is their WrestleMania. I mean you look at the card right now, you're gonna have the finals of the trios tournament, which is gonna be some combination of Kenny and the Bucks against uh, United Empire with Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. That's one semifinal. And the other one, Dark Order against Best Friends. I'm, I'm going to guess that Dark Order's mystery partner is going to be a, a hangman page, and then he's going to end up. That's how we get Dark Order in the finals against the Elite. That's uh, how to guess. But you've got that. you got Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. So, I mean, that's pretty much a waste of Wardlow and FTR uh your AEW tag titles aren't going to be defended on the show. Your Warlow's not going to defend the TNT title again on the show. We mentioned the fatal four way for the women's title. Uh we talked there's a Castillo ladder match. We've got Brian Danielson against Chris Jericho. We've got Swerve in our Glory versus the acclaimed Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. That isn't a big match. That, To me is a might be AEW's weakest card to date. Um, especially for your major pay-per-view, like All Out, I mean, that does not scream, I want to spend $50 to watch this pay-per-view. Now, as I say all the time when we do AEW pay-per-views, I watch it with a group of friends, so we split it, so it's not as big of a cost. But if you're somebody just watching it on yourself, that, that card, this whole card to me does not scream, I want to spend $50 on it. Um, what do you think about that, Chairman?
2: I mean, it's not being built the way... I would have envisioned it, you know, how many months ago. But, you know, there's obviously some feuds that have been going for a while now, like Jungle Boy and Christian. We knew that was going to happen here. And obviously, you know, Ricky, starts Power, Haas, they're probably going to save that for this event here. I mean, there would have been a few things I would have done differently myself. You know, obviously, we still don't want to run on with the AEW World Championship to begin with. And Heyman Page doesn't have a clear path exactly at the moment either. And some other guys don't have clear paths. And it's like as much as he claims popularity has grown in the last couple, you know, weeks. I don't know if this pay per view and an AW World tag team championship match is the place. I thought it'd be for sure F T R, you know, trying to get all the tag titles. It's just yeah, it's it's like you said, Justin, a waste of warlord and FTR. I mean F T R and Motor C machine guns in like a ROH tag title match would be cool. I mean G Lethal, it's like that guy's getting way too much exposure lately. My goodness. Like, that's something that really doesn't need to be taking up premier spots right now. And, I mean, I don't know. It's just it's a shit show. I mean, I'll buy it just because I will. But, I mean, I think some people are going to be kind of like, you know, on the fence. I mean, Adam Cole's not where to be seen. It's just a lot of lot of big players. The trio's title's getting way too much popularity. It's just, I mean, there's no Andrade in sight, no Malachi Black in sight, Cesaro. I mean, I'm sorry, Claudio Castanoli. It's just, ee.
1: And yeah, like I said, my boys Penta and Phoenix again taking another loss in the big match. It's like come on. Like at some point I would love to see Penta I, I would almost wonder. I don't think they would go because of their commitments in Mexico, but I would love to see Penta and Phoenix in a Triple H led WWE just to see what they would let what he would let them do. Uh what do you think, Cam, about this coming up all out card, which we'll preview next week?
0: Um, I mean this scream's illegal stream. Sorry, don't sue me, Tony Khan. Um yeah, it's just like we talked about. You know, consider this their WrestleMania, if you will. And I mean, I, I mean, I I can't imagine Moxley not defending the title or it, in some capacity being involved, unless it's like a promo or something with Punk. Who knows? Like a little segment. Um, I have no idea. It doesn't look like a strong card. Um, I mean, the the funny thing about AEW is that of course some wrestlers have to lose and some, you know, everyone can't win and everyone can't be featured. But it's kind of almost funny that, that Tony Khan spent a bunch of money and had a whole bunch of like big signings like Penta, Phoenix, and Pac. And they're just like a jobber trios. And it's like Pac's one of the most intense physical wrestlers. Um, Phoenix and Penta are fantastic. And I'm not saying they should be like three-time world champions by now, but they've been booked like shit and it's almost kind of like Tony Khan. It's almost like when a rich person buys like another like Maserati or something, like just to have it. I'm like ah, I just got it, just to get it. And right now it's biting them in the ass. And I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, we've seen the reports of Adam Cole's contract being a long time, and Alistair Black's <clears throat> um, contract being for being uh, for an extended period of time. But there's guys like that, like Pac, like Jericho that I mentioned. Like there's some guys that you know here in the next six months to a year. And I don't think the WWE needs to go full-on overboard with bringing in a whole bunch of guys. But if, you know, they've already brought in a handful. But if you bring in, you know, if they get three to five mid-card big names, not even counting MJF or or Cody, but if they can lure Jericho, Pac, they can lure a few of those guys over to the WWE, I mean, I think that is going to be a big move for them going forward.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about it's weird. Who would have thought two to three months ago we'd be talking about AEW being a big shit show backstage and WWE being something that's pretty good at this point? And we talk about guys returning to the WWE. We saw that on Raw this past Monday with the return of Johnny Gargano to Monday Night Raw. I tweeted that like you know it's like I think it was like little after ten o'clock, and I was like, all right, that's normally when I turn it off and I just maybe check out if I see something good the first hour or the last hour the next morning. And I was just about to turn the TV off and I was in the, my kitchen and I go, that sounds like Johnny Gargano's music. And I walk back into the living room and I go, oh, shit, it's Johnny Gargano. Holy crap. And it's like, wow, he's back. And, you know, it was good to see him get the reaction he did. It was he seemed happy to be back. And this is a product of Triple H taking over and being in charge, because I can guarantee you that. Johnny Gargano probably doesn't come back if Triple H doesn't get put back in charge. I mean, I can't say that for sure. But, you know, this could lead to somebody like Candice LeRae coming back too, obviously, his wife. Once she's, like, you know, fully kind of, you know, settled in and back into the motherhood thing. So maybe whenever she's ready to come back. But I think Gargano has a lot of potential to be, like, the... I want to say, like, maybe the Shawn Michaels, Daniel Bryan babyface in WWE where he's the underdog, and we've seen him portray that in NXT. So, you know, he interacted with Theory uh, this past Monday, which, you know, it's understandable. They have history in NXT but I'm, you know, I'm happy to see Johnny Gargano back. And I think he would have been somebody that, like we would have said, kind of gotten lost in the shuffle with how things are going on in AEW right now. So I think him coming back and being able to showcase himself and on WWE, being able to maybe get something going with Ciampa again. Um, I think Johnny Gargano probably made the right decision for his future. What do you think chairman?
2: Oh, hundred percent agree. Like, it was off the grid that he was going to come back this Monday. I mean, I was very cool that they were able to kind of keep that one under wraps. Usually that shit always gets out. And, I mean, yeah, there's been talk that Johnny Gargano is probably going to show up somewhere, someplace, you know, somewhere soon because, you know, he's been home for how many months now, you know, with the new baby and baby, baby wrestling. And, you know, I know he was doing some, like, signings and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's been getting out and about. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool to see him back. And he had his um face theme, so the one everyone kind of recognized. I kind of had a soft spot for his uh, heel theme he used, you know, towards the end of his NXT run. But, you know, it's cool to see him back. I'm excited to see what he'll do. I think WWE is definitely the right place for him. It's like you said, Justin, with Triple H and, you know, leaving the way. You know, I think that pretty much made the decision. I mean, obviously, you know, six months ago, or how many months ago was when Johnny was a free agent. I was thinking, oh, yeah, go to AEW. You know, everyone go to AEW because you know, Vince was still in charge then. Vince would have buried Johnny. But now I look at things I'm like, oh, Johnny would get lost in the freaking shuffle instantly. I mean, he'd go there for the big pop reaction, and then he'd be wrestling on freaking Rampage or freaking Dark or something and just completely disappear. So probably great for Johnny not to do that and go to Raw, SmackDown, wherever he's at, Probably Raw. You know, confront Theory, the douchebag. Hopefully Johnny takes the money in the bank briefcase or reunites with Champa and adds some depth, much-needed depth to that tag team division and beat the clown-ass Usos. I'd be totally marking out for that, too. Um, Candace, I'm sure, will follow suit at some point, um, just a matter of where and when. I heard some rumors that Indy Hartwell might come up, too. And obviously we all know Dexter's just floating around. So we're going to have the whole way reunited on Monday Night Raw.
1: Yeah, we've seen the Dexter Loomis storyline play out in the last couple weeks. He seemed like he was targeting AJ Styles, and then this week he kidnaps The Miz, um which was kind of funny it just the guy one guy distracted him and like i was I actually i had nxt on when dexter loomis was on and just showed up underneath the ring it's like like somebody said so this guy kidnaps the miz in where were they in canada this week it was a toronto i think so this guy kidnaps the miz in toronto is able to cross the border without any issue with the border patrol but somehow shows up in nxt and then that's where the cops get him and get arrested it's like man how better i i don't want to criticize our border patrol in canada because i have a a good friend that works for them but man how bad is the border patrol they didn't catch this guy coming crossing from Canada to America with that known to be kidnapping somebody um but yeah so I look forward to I think I think Indie Hartwell going up it would be the, would be the right move for her she's kind of Plateaued in NXT Where I think you know she doesn't have Much left to do there I don't think she would be an NXT Women's champion She's not going to beat Mandy Rose For the title so I think her moving up was a good thing And I gotta be honest Dexter Lumis never really Was my kind of thing but I'm curious to see What they end up doing like I, I have More confidence in Triple H figuring out How to make a weird character like Dexter Lumis Work than I would have having Vince McMahon do It where he'd probably turn him into some weird corny Comedy character uh, But what do you think Cam with all this jo- with Johnny Gargano Coming back and the rest of this stuff with the rest of of the way.
0: Uh, talk about timing, right? Everything in life's about good timing, and I think timing was perfect. <clears throat> Chairman touched on it. Like, we've been saying for a year now, two years, however long it's been, some free agent, oh, you go to AEW because they'll book you better. Vince doesn't know what he's doing. You know, NXT is dead, so just go to AEW or fucking New Japan or something. Now we, here we are here, we are with the rules reversed. I completely agree. Gargano signed with AEW and he gets a pop and he's wrestling, you know fucking Kyle O'Reilly on on dark. We have got, got to go to YouTube to watch him wrestle. But Tony Khan's paying him like over a million dollars a year, which, I mean, that doesn't make sense. And eventually that will catch up to him. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I think that's fantastic. I mean, of course, if he if he would have re-signed, I mean, even if he wasn't having a child, even if he, if he would have re-signed to WWE, Vince would have booked him like shit. Uh, he would have had no idea what to do with him. Half the time probably didn't get used. He'd probably be the 24-7 champion or something. Um, so it is perfect, I think. <clears throat> the way was kind of like a heel faction. So maybe they can do baby this time and go after us, um, go on, go after theory. I mean, I agree chairman at some point they got to do like a match to where it just, that was a Vince decision. And that'll be like the last looming thing. Get it out of the way, have theory have to compete like in a five man ladder match and redo the money in the bank or something and get theory out of there. I mean, he's been doing okay. Now that he's been getting pumped around for the last few weeks so it kind of is like Triple H is like, yeah, I know what to do with this guy. My my father-in-law is a psychopath. We all know this. Um, but, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, now that other guys, you know, I assume at some point Bray Wyatt's going to re- come back to WWE. I mean, I don't think they'll do the Fiend character. Maybe let's go back to Bray. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the future right now is looking bright. And once we get both those titles off Roman and, you know, Roman comes back, and maybe becomes like a part-time guy since he, you know, he kind of wants to do that anyways. So he can fill the Brock Lesnar role and be around for a few months out of the year, and we can see a Drew McIntyre champion. We could see a Johnny Gargano WWE World Champion in the in the near in the near future.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I got to say, I think they've been doing a better job building up Clash of the Castle than they have AEW all out. I mean, they, again, they're making Drew and Roman seem like a big deal. I got to say, too, I love what they've been doing with Sami Zayn and the bloodline, and I have more confidence, again, with Triple H in charge right now where, you know, the Usos and the bloodline are kind of treating Sami Zayn like a lackey as an afterthought, and I think they're building it up well where to the point where... When Sami Zayn finally snaps, he's going to get a huge reaction. That's kind of why I feel like they really should have had Sami Zayn win the Money in the Bank briefcase, and they could have done the story where you know Sami could be like, oh, yeah, don't worry, Roman. I'm not cashing in. I'm going to go a year without cashing this in because I like you so much and I'm an honorary member of the bloodline. And then, you know, eventually the Sami just gets sick of the bloodline treating him like shit and cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase. I mean, the story was right there, and they didn't end up going with it. But I love what they've been doing with him in the bloodline i mean kevin owens is coming off as a legitimate threat he had a great match with chad gable uh this past monday on raw uh that coming off like the prize fighter like triple h booked him in nxt and how, how he first came up in the wwe so he's going good there uh there's just been so many good solid wrestling matches on raw lately that it's nice to see. And you know, you're seeing it in the ratings where they again did over an average of 2 million people this past Monday and raw. So the signs are there that it's, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens during football season, but it's slowly creeping back to the point where things are getting respectable. They got Rollins and Riddle brawling to start raw. Uh, I agree with you, Cam, that I think Bray Wyatt at some point is going to come back, especially after reading how Bray had so many problems with Vince that Triple H can probably call him and say like, you know, man, we will not do the fiend thing anymore, but you know, Hey, we'll go ahead and, you know, we'll book you kind of like how I know you have to be booked. So a lot of positive going on as far as everything going on in the WWE right now. What do you think chairman?
2: Oh yeah, it's definitely insane. Like how in a month, like a month now and everything's just turned around for the better. Like, you know, the, You just see how some of these people are presented like so much better. Like Sami Zayn last week with Roman Reigns because the Usos couldn't make it to Canada. Like that segment backstage was just hilarious to me. Like Sami Zayn is just a guy that people are gonna get behind, and I agree with you, Justin. The pop will be huge when the turn comes. You know, KO is getting both like a badass again. The KO that we all loved. You know, the dude hasn't had a title for over five years. I think that's gonna change within the next year. Like bring back the prize fighter, bring back the badass. I mean, even the women's divisions getting some more eyes on it, you know, Bailey and her little group, you know, and then of course, you know, got Trish Stratus and I, I think we're going to get Trish back in the ring here against Bailey at some point. I don't know when, excuse me, but uh, you know, there's just a lot of like small things, you know, Kurt Angle is going to be on this week, you know? So like, I feel like a lot of legends hometowns, they're bringing legends in and that's kind of the fun way to do it, honestly, because the crowd will get behind it. And of course, it's a way to put over a heel character too, because obviously Trish is going to get the huge pop. You know, if someone's going to degrade her, someone comes after Kurt Angle, they're going to, you know, get the heel on him. And then, you know, it's just, there's a lot of fun ways they can do it. I mean, Clash of the Castle, it's been pretty much, most of the matches are pretty much already announced, I feel like. Whereas a lot of Vince, you know, towards the end here was literally throwing shit like the last freaking Raw or SmackDown. So, like, they clearly have a plan for this event. And obviously, going to Wales, you know, first time over there in forever, like, big event, you know, so it's not like something they just came up with, you know, you know they play this out really well, and they built it up real good. I'm actually way more anticipated for this event than All Out, and, I mean, it's just, Triple H has made the mid-card titles important again, you know, it's just I feel like everything on Raw and SmackDown right now has a reason to it, like, even, like, Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles teaming up, like, Is there going to be, like, a long-term thing there? Is it a one-off? I mean, there's just a lot of small things in the big picture. You know, Damian Priest and Edge, you know, that was a fantastic main event Monday night. Rhea Ripley continues to be a badass. I can't wait for her to become a women's champion again. Like, there's just so much awesome stuff going on in Triple H at the helm. The wrestlers, I feel like, are having a good time. The announcers. Like, it's just a really good, you know, experience over there. And, I mean, we keep seeing that meme, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, or wherever, about Triple H's Infinity Gauntlet, and he's got all these characters. And obviously, everyone thinks Bray Wyatt's going to be like the final piece of the puzzle. And I think so too. I think he'll be back. It might be at Clash. It might be further down the road. People are going to go crazy when they see Bray Wyatt back. Does he come back as the old school Bray Wyatt? Does he come back as the Fiend? Does he come back as a new character? Don't know, but that man's a genius. And if he gets creative control of Triple H, they are going to do some awesome things together. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I had the opening segment of or one of the opening segments on SmackDown uh, this on today, and like I saw Karrion and cross and Scarlett cutting a and I'm just sitting there thinking, I wonder Vince is thinking like, at, looking at his TV screen. Damn it, why doesn't he have that helmet on? You know that thing that obviously was. Doing like big money for you know carrying cross, but yeah, we just had the they just finished up the uh, the finals or they get the finals for the women's tag title tournament. It's going to be Eo Sky and Bailey against Aaliyah and Raquel Gonzalez. So I got a feeling Eo Sky and Bailey are probably going to, or Eo Sky and Dakota Kai, excuse me, are going to be the ones that end up winning those titles because obviously they're trying to establish Bailey's group as a top threat and nothing against Aaliyah and Raquel Gonzalez, but they don't really scream initial tag team champions. M. Again, too, you got Sasha Banks and Naomi. There were rumors a few weeks ago that they thought that they were going to end up coming back and were waiting for something like that to happen, too. So, uh, yeah, the women's division has definitely been getting a lot of shine. Like you said, they get Trish Stratus to come back, to kind of hang out with Bianca and Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Uh, you know, good tag match between that, between Asuka and Alexa Bliss against Io and Dakota Kai. I do have a little bit of a problem with Liv, how, how she's kind of being booked. She's coming kind of off, coming off as like a weak champion, And but to the credit in a complete way, they've also made Shayna Baszler look like a bigger star in the last few weeks than Vince McMahon ever did with any of his booking outside of when she first got the title match against Becky at WrestleMania, and even then, it wasn't she wasn't booked that strong if I'm remembering it correctly, but uh, positives as far as women's division and everything else got anything else to add here cam
0: no i think it's just you know it's looking good for the wwe i mean people that vince didn't know how to book or didn't want to book and just considered nxt like a i don't know whatever vince truly thought of nxt and triple h's pet project or whatever um maybe he booked them bad out of spite just because he didn't like triple h who knows all i know is it's it's working for the WWE, which i think is overall just good for wrestling, anyways. I mean, I think it makes AEW, who right now is not having a good time, but it makes them rethink. Okay, we got to bring our A game, like it all out. They need to bring it, and they need to have something good happen, and they got to, you know, say, hey, we can compete with these guys. Because, like I said a couple weeks ago, I think this is this is the real war. It was never NXT versus AEW. It's WWE versus AEW, and you know, AEW now has two. TV shows on every week, even though it's only three hours, the WWE's producing seven with NXT. So, you know, they have more TV time, but you know, triple H that makes it harder for triple H and his, his team to put the best product out. Cause they have to do more stuff. I know. I think everything's working really well and, you know, come WrestleMania time, assuming we get the rock versus Roman reigns, it's not going to be for either title. So we're going to have rock Roman as a main event and we'll have two brand new champions. And like, you know, talk about Kevin Owens, Gargano, all these guys. I mean, Ricochet is actually being booked. I mean, Gunther, who should be a world champion at some point and get his freaking name back, but, you know, change it back to Walter and give him the world title on SmackDown. And, you know, the WWE will be, it'll convince, even though who cares, but it'll convince, like, the crazy diehard AEW fans that have probably only been watching wrestling for five years or so that, hey, the WWE can be good and this is what it is.
1: Yeah, so let's throw this question out there. So, We talked about how it seems like a lot there might be guys in AEW Triple H wants to bring back. And obviously, we know certain contract situations aren't going to allow some things to happen for a while. But let's just throw one name out there that you think Triple H might contact them to see, hey, like, what do you think as far as coming back here? To me, the first name that popped into my head uh, was Andrade, where it's like, okay, you know, him and Charlotte Flair are married now. Uh, you know, Andrade had a lot of success in NXT when Triple H was running things. You know, the pairing with him and Zelina Vega was good. But Andrade's somebody that is sporadically used in AEW. He was stuck with Private Party and Butcher and Blade for a while. And just kind of, you know, yeah, Rush is there now. But I could totally see it Triple H trying to be like, get Andrade back, pair him back up with Zelina Vega. Actually, you know, don't let on, don't make Andrade speak if he doesn't have to, when you have somebody like Zelina talking for him. So that's probably for me, at least the one name I think of right away where I'm like, okay, I can see him, Andrade being the guy getting the call and saying, Hey, yeah, maybe I want to come back. Uh, So what about you uh, chairman? What's one guy you think, you know, realistically, Triple H might be reaching out to to try to come over.
2: Well, knowing that Adam Cole's wrapped up for, like, five years, I definitely will not go there as much as I'm sure Triple H and Shawn Michaels would love him back. But I'm going to say Keith Lee because that dude was on fire in his, like, championship run in NXT. And I think, you know, obviously Vince dropped the ball on him. But I think Triple H would love to get him back. I think Triple H honestly would love to get any former NXT champion or anyone that had a significant role in NXT back. But I, I figure Keith Lee just be one of them because I don't feel like he'll ever get to the main event in AEW, but he's obviously a tag champion now, which is fine to any. But I think Triple H would elevate him to possibly the main event stage.
1: Yeah, it also reminds me. Hey, Hit Row is back too without Swerve. But apparently, Swerve is one of those guys who doesn't want to come back and didn't have a good relationship with Triple H. And apparently, Hit Row was something he was added to where he really didn't want to get added to. But hey, I'm glad to see Hit Row back because I was a big fan of them uh, prior. You know, when they were in NXT and then they messed up their call up. But how about you, Cam? What's one name out there you think that realistically Triple H might want to reach out to and come back?
0: I mean, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. I think I think Chris Jericho. Um, I saw a report that Triple H has no interest in bringing Goldberg back to book him. So, you know, fucking Steven's very excited about that. Um, I assume Brock Lesnar be used sporadically. So you need that part-time buzz a little bit. And Jericho has been gone long enough where him coming back and all the fresh matchups he could have... Uh, I think he could be more suited for the style that the WWE is going to start portraying. If they go back to, you know, we've already seen longer wrestling matches and stuff like that. So Goldberg and Brock Lesnar don't scream long pro wrestling matches. They scream 30-second jobber shit. Um, So I think Jericho coming back is great for Kevin Owens, for Gargano, for, you know, Sami Zayn, for a ton of guys on the roster where he can be... The guy that puts over the champion, he can start his own little stable over there. There's a million things Jericho could do. And I think that he's a better part-time guy than, obviously, Goldberg and Lesnar.
1: One last thing we should probably touch on here, even though we don't really talk about NXT that much anymore, is but the it seems like we're getting a NXT UK is shutting down. They're going to be relaunching as NXT Europe, and for the time it looks like we're getting a bunch of unification matches at NXT Worlds Collide, which is taking place coincidentally the same day as uh, All Out. And they've announced Braun Breaker with their NXT champion against Tyler bait the Tyler Bate, excuse me, the NXT UK champion in a unification match. And then you've got a triple threat women's match with Mandy Rose, Blair Davenport, which is of course Bea Priestley, and Miko Satamura to unify the women's titles. So I'm guessing you'll probably get some kind of tag title unification match as well, but it seems like they released a lot of NXT UK people last week. So they're shutting that down. They're bringing over who they want to bring over. We've seen Gallus come over. Uh, we've seen, uh, like I said, Tyler Bate, the women that have come over. Um, we've seen, Hey, I'm also looking forward to um, Legato de Fantasma, probably bringing up to the main roster. It's now uh, that, that, uh, oh my god I'm blinking on his name right now holy shit why can't I think of his name oh my gosh brain fart here but now that um, Santos Escobar oh my god excuse, sorry about that now that Santos Escobar lost oh, yeah. what was that
0: I was saying, I was like, should I chime in to tell him?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I finally, I was blanking on Santos Escobar name there. I'm sorry. But yeah, now that he lost his Loser Leafs NXT match and he showed up at NXT to take the rest of Legato with him. So I think, again, that's a group that I trust Triple H to book. And I, I, one of the few bright spots that were around on NXT, but NXT seems like they're unifying here. They're getting more like, everybody into the Florida system and rebranding NXT Europe. I mean, I watch NXT here and there. It's, you know, there's some stuff that's bad. There's some stuff that's good. It's a good, it's a mix here and there. Uh, Tuesday nights aren't that big of a TV spot. But, so, I mean, I'm fine with this if it means more talent like this coming over to NXT. If it means, you know, Shawn Michaels actually getting a full hand in here and booking things back to kind of like what they used to be who knows but uh, what do you think Cam as we finish up here this the whole NXT rebranding and unification that's going on
0: well I think it's obviously it's a good idea you're kind of losing money just having the NXT UK brand sign who you want to sign bring over Tyler Bay bring over all these guys put them in the NXT system more familiar names I think fresher matchups obviously for NXT because they need to be completely rebranded Rehaltered, maybe go back to the original logo and let, you know, Triple H, let Shawn Michaels do his thing, let Shawn and bring back Gabe Sapolsky, let them do NXT. You focus on the main roster and the WWE could be, you know, an unstoppable force where here in a couple of years, MJF could be coming over and, you know, who knows, the sky's the limit.
1: How about you, Shimon? What are your thoughts on this NXT rebranding?
2: Yeah, it was a big surprise to I me when I heard about it, but I mean, I mean, I'm sure NXT UK probably doesn't get a whole lot of attention. I mean, NXT 2.0 has kind of lost its momentum a little bit. But I feel like, you know, if the change is going on, you know they'll probably move some people from NXT 2.0 to our SmackDown. They'll probably move some NXT UK superstars to NXT 2.0. And then, of course, some of them were let go, but they'll probably bring them back when they launch NXT Europe. Uh, It's funny that you mentioned Blair Davenport, you know, because obviously her relationship with Will Ospreay, you know, begs me a question because obviously JR was – Like We got to get this guy for AEW, but then it's like, well, what's Triple H? If any gauntlet somehow fits Will Ospreay in there, talk about holy shit.
1: Get that Will Ospreay, Seth Rollins feud from Twitter going and get it back in here into the real life. And get all get everybody paying attention there. Um, yeah, so yeah, like I said, it's interesting times here. They've definitely got a lot of stuff. Pot like I I mean, there's some small things negative here and there you can say, but I mean for the most part, WWE is riding a positive momentum train going forward. I think we've pretty much talked about everything that we need to talk about this week. I'm trying to scroll through some some news sites here, but I think we touched on a lot of the the big main things that have been going on here in the world of professional wrestling. So that leads us into next week where we're going to have a a dual uh, preview show. I mean, we can almost call it a triple threat preview show if we talk about NXT, but we'll have to preview Clash at the Castle and we'll also preview All Out, which are taking place in the same weekend. So those that will be fun to talk about. A lot to get you there. So that's what we have for you guys to look forward to next week. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman Steven Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off and we will talk to you guys next week.